Hey guys, welcome to the One Life Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today, and we hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. Enjoy the message. I've just entitled my message today, Healthy Revelation Equals Healthy Discipleship. To me, a disciple of Jesus is a devoted follower of Jesus. Too often, we focus on the leadership more than we focus on the followship. (laughs) Not fellowship, followship. I don't even know whether that's a word. Yes, nothing wrong with being a leader. We're called to be leaders. And uh, many of us here are leaders. And I'd say we're all leaders. May not have a title of being a leader, but we are leaders. But I believe we need to be able to focus on being a good follower. It takes humility. It takes to be able to step back a bit and desire to be a great follower. Jesus was the greatest leader there ever was. He's also the greatest follower there ever was as well. He followed his father. He followed the leading of, his whole, of the Holy Spirit or the leading of his father. He did all those things. But quite often, I believe, we focus a lot on leadership and to be a better leader. And I reckon, I believe, I need to be a better follower than I am a leader because that'll come automatically. You know, people will want to follow as we follow. If we follow righteousness, others follow righteousness. As we follow Jesus, others can follow Jesus as well. And uh, what I'm really saying, in other words, don't focus too much on being a leader until you become a good follower. I just got an article that I got years ago. It was called The Follower. Do you believe you have to be a mover and a shaker to get ahead, both at work and in life? Sometimes it appears that way, but the following story illustrates the value of other less visible qualities. A young woman was keen to go to college for further study. Her heart sank, however, on reading the application form question that read, Are you a leader? Being both honest and conscientious, she wrote no and returned the application, expecting it to be rejected. To her surprise, she received this reply. Dear applicant, a study of the applications reveals that this year our college can expect to have 1,452 new leaders. We are accepting you because we feel it is imperative they have at least one follower. So your healthy disciple follows Jesus. Willingly, not begrudgingly, not through lifeless habitual tendencies, but out of willingness, out of a love. In other words, healthy disciple of Jesus has the life of Christ, not the world's life. Too often, you know, it's the world's push to be the best leader, to be a great leader. You know, backstabbing, climbing rungs. You know, the rungs on the ladder are normally the knives in someone else's back. That's the foothold climbing the next bit. But Jesus has called us to be followers of him and to go and make more followers of him. That's what he's called us to do. See, The life of Christ is the spiritual life. The life of the world is the flesh life. It builds. Spiritual life is everlasting life, permanent life. Flesh life has an end. It's temporal. This life that we live in now is temporal. The life of the spirit endures forever. See, what I'm really saying is, do not love the world or the things in it. We've got to love Jesus Christ so much. I just want to read from 1 John chapter 2 verse 15 do not love the world or the things in the world if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh 
the lust of the eyes and pride of life is not of the Father but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. See, those three things, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, they were the three things that brought Adam and Eve undone, wasn't it? They were the things that originated in the Garden of Eden. They were the same three things when Jesus was water baptised, went out in the desert and fasted and prayed for 40 days. They were the three things that the devil tempted him in, those three areas as well. And what Jesus endured, didn't he? Jesus overcame. So he's called us to do the same thing. He's empowered us to do the same thing, to overcome the world, the flesh and the devil, to overcome the lust of the eyes, the, the, the pride of life and the lust of the flesh. He's called us to do those things. That's what a healthy disciple would look like in my eyes, someone that is overcoming the work of the flesh, someone who's overcoming those things, someone that is following the ways of Jesus Christ. He emptied himself of all his privileges, as we know. He made himself of no reputation, as the, as the Word of God says. He did those things. He didn't desire to be what the world would have him to desire. They wanted him to be king. They wanted him to be king, yes, but in a physical sense. And Jesus' kingdom was not of this world. He was the king of the Jews, yes, and his kingdom is not of this world. And that's the thing. Oh, which kingdom do we belong to? We've got to question ourselves. I belong to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. It's a different kingdom to the world's kingdom. See, I believe whatever is winning the flesh versus the spirit tug of war will determine the help of our discipleship, of the disciple. Who's winning that tug of war? There's a war going on all the time, isn't there? <laughs> I know there is. There's a war going on spirit versus flesh all the time. It's there. The Spirit of God is, would lead us one way. The flesh is trying to drag us back another way. And it's up to us to rule over it, isn't it? It's up to us to take authority. And that's what makes us healthy. That's what makes a disciple healthy when he rises up in the name of Jesus and declares that I'm going to do what Jesus has called me to do. I'm going to agree with the word of God and I'm not going to agree with the flesh. I'm not going to agree with the world. I'm agreeing with the, the word of the living God and the word of the living God says I am more than a conqueror. The word of the living God says I can endure and I do overcome and the word of God that says Jesus has already done it and I need to walk in it. There's a difference. It's a rising up on the inside, whereas the flesh will want us to lay down on the inside for our spirit to lay down, where the Spirit of God is saying, rise up, overcome, take control. And we have the authority. We've just got to convince our, our spirit to rise up. See, I'm talking about spiritual health, not natural health. State of natural health can be a challenge to spiritual health, can't it? You know, it, it can be. Yes, in fact, it's one of the, the greatest challenges to faith. Most people, believers or non-believers, have challenges to their physical health. I think Jay was sharing that this morning. You know, there's challenges, aches, pains, infirmities, diseases. Many have de de debilitating issues, but spiritual health shouldn't be determined by our physical health. We have a physical, uh, yes, we live in a physical body, but we have a spiritual 
belief in Jesus Christ. We've born again of the spirit of the living God. It's a spiritual walk that we have. We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by what the word of God says. We don't walk according to the things, the circumstances around our lives. We walk according to the spirit of the living God. We walk according to his word, to the promise. Do we grab hold of the promise? Do we have the revelation? The revelation that this promise is for me. How many times have you heard people say negatively, negative or whatever the word is? <laughs> they say it better than me. Anyway, they say that was for back then. The Holy Spirit was for back then. The Holy Spirit is not for now. I'm telling you the Holy Spirit is definitely for now. The, whole, the Word of God, it's not passing away. Jesus said, I'm going and I'm going to send you a helper. He knows we need help. He knows there's a f- battle between the flesh and the spirit and then it tells us to be led by the spirit not by the flesh the word of god's there that's why we need the word of god that's why we need to read the word of god we're encouraged we're built up by the word of god that's what makes us healthy your natural body knows it's lacking something sometimes doesn't it oh you know if you had too much sugar you start to feel a bit yuck so you start to want a bit of savory or something else your body starts to lack something your body cries out that it is lacking something so it needs to be fed what it's lacking same in our spirit doesn't it our spirit knows when it's lacking something our spirit knows when it's lacking prayer our spirit knows when it's lacking the life of jesus christ our spirit knows that there's a conscious part of us there's a spiritual part of us that knows that we're lacking, that we need to get into the Word of God. As soon as our, our um, speech starts to be negative, as soon as we start cursing and condemning everything, then we know, well, I better get back into the Word of God. I need to get loving again. I need to love according to the way Jesus loved. See, we start to become unhealthy. We start murmuring. We start backbuying. Everything's wrong. You know, the, the, the colour on the wall that was all right last week's not right this week. The drummer, the same drummer that was there last week, he's no good this week. He hasn't changed. It's us that change. It's our attitude that change. It's up to us to keep our spiritual walk healthy and that comes through prayer. That comes through agreeing with the word of God. That's allowing the spirit of God to minister into our heart. As soon as we allow the world spirit to minister into us, we start becoming unhealthy. We need to be healthy disciples for Jesus. If we've got a message to share... It needs to be a message of health, doesn't it? You know, it needs to be the right message. I don't even know where I'm up to. <laughs> I believe some things are vital for disciples to be healthy. They're not negotiables. They're just some things. You know, we've got to remain in love with Jesus. We're not going to live for Jesus if we don't love him. We're not going to share Jesus if we don't love him. But one thing, if we want to be healthy disciples for Jesus, we must love him. Uh, revelation we've got to continue continually seek revelation not only seek revelation but also adopt it own it the revelation that we receive out of the word of god we've got to own it on the inside i haven't got the revelation this week after all these years that everyone else has already had i'm sure everyone else every other believer on the face of this earth had it but i got it this week that the seed that the sower went out to sow was good seed <laughs> It fell on different types of ground, yes. You know, the thorns and, you know, go and read the story. (laughs) But all of a sudden, God said the seed didn't change. 
the seed was good. The seed that we have to sow is good seed. The ground might change, the ground might be different, but the seed that we have is the best seed. It's the good seed. It took me all this time to work that out. Praise God. That's why we shouldn't get bored reading the Word of God, should we? Because we get something new. I got it new. You might have had it already. It's good seed. God has given us good seed. It doesn't say the sower was a good person. It doesn't say the sower was the best person in the world. It says it was good seed. The the sower went out to sow. Don't wait till you think you're the best person on earth because that's what the devil will hold us back thinking that. God's already made us who we are. He's given us the good seed, the word of God. Let's go and sow the good seed. Declare the word of God. It's the good seed. Praise God that he's revealed it to me. It's the seed that's good. (laughs) Don't worry about the ground. God will deal with the ground. He'll water it. Someone else will water it, whatever it be. So we've got to produce fruit. Share the gospel, sow seeds. That's only to name a few. See, without revelation, our love for Jesus will grow cold. And when our love grows cold, we won't share the gospel as freely as we need to. See, if, we, if our love for Jesus grows cold, we won't live in the manner God requires us to live. We'll be wishy-washy. See, God called us to be steadfast and movable in the faith, anchored to the word of God, anchored to what we know to be true. Do we know the word of God to be true? Do we know Jesus to be true? Do we know that, that the God the Father is true? Anchor yourself to it. Steadfast, immovable in the faith. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, against principalities and powers of darkness. We know the scriptures, but we need the revelation that those scriptures apply to me. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. The old things are passed away. I'm born again. See, these are things that we can battle the mind. We can battle the opposition. But do we know our foundation is in Jesus Christ? What does it say? When the wind blows and, you know, wise, wise man counts the cost. You know, wise man builds upon the rock, the Lord Jesus Christ, the truth, the chief cornerstone. It's all there. It doesn't matter how many thousands of scriptures I quote this morning. Unless I believe them, unless I have the revelation that they belong to me, they'll be nothing to me and they'll be nothing to you unless you adopt them, unless you own them. They're our scriptures. They're our promises. They're the promises for the believer. And we, to be healthy disciples in Jesus Christ, we need to own the promises. Grab hold of the promises. They're ours. See, the book of Titus talks about being a pattern for others to follow. I'm not going to turn to the book. Read the whole book. It's only three chapters. <laughs> I'm not going to read the whole three chapters. But it's a pattern for others to follow. You know, importance. It talks about the importance of sound doctrine, not being swayed away from the truth by lies and by fables and by stories and by things that tickle the ears. It teaches younger ones. You know, it talks about older ones teaching younger ones how to behave how to conduct themselves. And the book of Titus also talks about following the ways of God instead of making rules and regulations that are not godly. Rules and regulations that are futile for making a person disciple of Jesus Christ, whether healthy or otherwise. It warns against it, making man-made rules. A lot of the times, the, the, the things that we follow are man-made rules. 
We need to follow the rules of Jesus Christ. How simple is the gospel when you only follow the gospel? You know, following the other rules and regulations and the things that might look good and not look good and all of those kinds of things and worrying about this and worrying about that. The only thing we need to worry about is our relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, allow the Spirit of God just to touch us. You know, one of the biggest compliments I ever had in my life as a Christian is when someone called me a fundamentalist. I said I was fundamental because I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. No more correspondence to be entered into. <laughs> Jesus is the Son of the living God and it's him and him crucified. My Bible says, why preach anything else? If I don't believe that, then there's no good in me preaching anything else. Preach Christ and him crucified. He's risen. Preach Jesus as resurrection life. You know, that's one of the things. I was also got being called narrow-minded. Too right I'm narrow-minded. My mind's on Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to fill it with the doctrines of other, of other uh, you know, other doctrines. I'm filling my mind with and, my, and doing my best <laughs> and not getting there yet to put on the mind of Christ. Let's be narrow-minded. We have to be narrow-minded because narrow is the way and confined is the way that leads to everlasting life. We can't fill ourselves up with everything else. Oh, yeah, that sounds all right. Oh, yeah, that'd be all right. We're tossed to, we can't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. The doctrine of Jesus Christ, what makes us healthy on the inside. The doctrine of Jesus Christ, what makes us steadfast and immovable in the faith. It's the doctrine of Jesus Christ. The teachings, doctrine, the ways, you know, of the way. It's amazing. How time flies too. <laughs> I'll finish in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Paul heard about the believers in uh, Colossi, Colossus, I don't know how you pronounce it, but anyway, the Colossians, <laughs> people known as the Colossians, heard about their faith in Jesus and their love for all the saints. So he prayed for them. Let's turn to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. It's amazing. Here we go. Because he heard about it, verse 9, he says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. <laughs> Jay was talking about that. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. <laughs> An amazing scripture, eh? Verse 10, have a walk worthy of the Lord. Live your life that pleases him. We are his representatives. <laughs> Why do we have to be healthy disciples? So we can give a healthy message. You know, so we can give the fullness of the joy of the message. You know, can't go around with our lip dragging on the ground saying, come and follow Jesus just like me. You know, we need to be alive for Jesus. To be able to share the life of Jesus, we need to be alive for Jesus and believe him. I love him, like I said earlier. Keep loving 
have a walk worthy of the Lord. See verse 12. He, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. See, we're walking in the light. We're qualified to be partakers. See, we didn't qualify ourselves. Not anything we've done. Jesus qualified us. That's who, what we did. We accepted the sacrifice of Jesus. We accepted Jesus into our heart. We repented and said, Jesus, come and be Lord of my life. We came and been born again. That's all we've had to do. Now Jesus says, well, walk worthy of that. You know, walk according to that. Bear fruit of your repentance. That's easy, eh? <laughs> Needs the Holy Spirit to be able to do that. But that's what we're called to do, to bear fruit of our repentance. See, no one comes to Jesus without repenting. That's what we do. You come and you repent. You know, God, Jesus, forgive me for all the things that I've done. Forgive me, come into my heart, fill me. You know, Jesus, I accept your sacrifice. That's how simple the message is. You know, Jesus, I accept your sacrifice. Help me to walk the way you want me to walk. That's about what it is to be born again. It's just acknowledging that we were sinners, but we've come into the, into the kingdom of, of the Son of His love. I'll read that now. Verse 13. I just love this scripture. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin. He has delivered, He has conveyed us, transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. If we get nothing else today, if that's not new revelation or, it, or, is it, or if it is new revelation today, take it home. Take that home, never part from it every day. You know, for the rest of our days, do not fail to remember that he has conveyed us. He has transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. That's the revelation that we need to carry with us every single day. It's no longer I live. <laughs> conveyed, transferred. I, live, I work in an industry where things are conveyed all the time. They're called conveyor belts. There's conveyor chains. There's conveyors on everything. The, the machine that digs the coal has a conveyor. Then it goes into a, a, the, the, the shuttle car that carts the coal. It has a conveyor. Then it gets into the feeder that has a conveyor onto the conveyor belt that takes it outside. And some places even have a washery where it's washed. Then it's another conveyor. It's getting conveyed all the time. By the time it gets to the powerhouse, it only vaguely resembles what it was when it started. Although it's clean coal because it's been washed. <laughs> but the thing is, it may be smaller in size and it may be still black. We may resemble who we were. The point I'm making, we may resemble who we were in Jesus, you know, before we came to Jesus Christ. But we have been transferred. We have been conveyed. We only resemble that. If we've allowed the Spirit of God to change us on the inside, we're only a semblance of what we were. We are something new. We are those new creations in Jesus Christ. We have something to celebrate. Hey, celebrate who we are. Get the revelation of how much God really loves us. Hey, you think of the person you love the most in all this world, the person, the kid, the wife, the husband or whatever, the person that can do no wrong in your eyes. There'd be one of those, a few, I've got a few grandkids. <laughs> There'd be people in your life, they are kids or people that can do no wrong. 
and you love them so much, it's only a fly speck compared to how much God loves us. Imagine that God can love everyone the same way. The opportunity, the thing is there. We come into the kingdom of the son of his love. 